We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the, I, I guess we could say, the truest tailgate of the year. Because there is nothing... On the schedule, the fans anticipate more than the Red River rivalry, and I thought it's too big of a game to just talk to Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, once this week. So we welcome back into the Sooner Sports Podcast, Toby Rowland, who is actually rolling with Rowland. We get you on your way down to Texas, correct? Yeah, I'm on the highway. I'm on I-35 South right now. Hashtag rolling with Rowland. (laughs) You're in the car right now, baby. You're in the Lander Chevy, uh, fueled by Love's. And, you know, I, I guess we could say this because when you're on your way back, if you happen to spot Toby and you're out of Love's, you just might get your snacks paid for, right? That's right, yeah. It, it, I'm going to hit Love's today. Obviously, by the time this drops, it'll yeah. be too late. But on the way back Saturday night as well. So um, I'll be stopping multiple times if you see me, holler at me, <laughs> and uh, food's on me. That's awesome. How's that for a deal? I like that. Thanks to Love's Travel Stops and uh, Lander's Chevrolet and Lander's Chrysler Dodge Deep Ram. I had a chance to uh, to wiggle a free cup of coffee on our way down to Waco out of that, so look out. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, let's just – a lot of things to get to from the week that's been, and that's obviously one of the main reasons why I wanted to get you on, just recapping what the week was like. But before we do that, you and I both just talked to the head coaches of each team. I talked to Tom Herman. You had your pregame interview with Lincoln Riley. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get too many secrets given away here, but – what kind of was the uh, temperature of, of Coach Riley as we prepare for this huge game? 
Uh, he said Kyler Murray is starting. And, uh, <laughs> right, right. He plans on running the wishbone all day. That's what he says. So there you go. Breaking. Dropping some news. Hashtag so, breaking. Uh, he was, yeah, you know, he was super relaxed. Um, I, you know, I don't know that that means anything because it's it's Thursday when we talked to him. But he was very relaxed. Um, you know, we talked about a variety of topics. One thing that I think is real important to this game my personal opinion is I think they need to make a play early defensively. I think they got to get some confidence going early in this game. And I asked him if he felt like that was important. He said that, you know, obviously it'd be great if it happens, but if it doesn't, it's a 60 minute game and there's going to be a lot of ebbs and flows. We can't get our dollars down if we don't make a play in the first 10 minutes or first quarter or whatever the case may be. So he's probably right. I would just like to, uh, feel better immediately about this defense. So I, I hope they pick off the first pass of the game and take it the other direction. But uh, now Lincoln was uh, relaxed. Uh, we didn't get into injuries, but, you know, I think you can read the tea leaves out there. It looks like maybe CeeDee Lamb is uh, trending towards being good to go or uh, participating. Uh, we haven't officially heard that from anybody. Right. But CD seems to be giving off hints that he's good to go. So that's great. I hope that is the same for uh, Abdul Adams as well, although I haven't heard anything about him. Stephen Parker, I know, back in practice. So uh, hopefully that means those guys are, you know, at least one or two or maybe all three are going to be able to play on Saturday. I I know that whenever we're talking to opposing coaches, we're supposed to come away and I don't want to say downplay things or, you know, try to minimize things, but – I just got on the phone with Tom Herman, and that's that's a pretty impressive dude. You know, it's uh, it, it's scary because you get this sense that he's not going anywhere for a while, and you thought maybe early on that obviously this ship was headed in the wrong direction with Texas, and they've kind of righted it. You know, since the Maryland game, they arguably should have beaten USC. They they rolled over. Well, I don't want to say they rolled over. Took double overtime to do so, but they beat Kansas State and. Uh, an entertaining and exciting game, and they went on the road and beat Iowa State names. And uh, he he says all the right things. Now, it was curious because I did ask him that question, Toby, that I think a lot of people have wondered, and it's the carryover from Houston last year because for the most part, outside of Major Applewhite, who's now the head coach at Houston, this is pretty much the exact same coaching staff that beat Oklahoma with Houston last year, and he downplayed it a little bit, but he said, you know, from a schematic perspective, it's uh, it's a lot of the same thing. So I kind of I kind of found that interesting that you get just a little bit, not a ton, that there might be some not true carryover, but at least some things that help in their prep from what they learned last year when they were at Houston. Yeah, I think, and I actually asked Lincoln that same question. Yeah. I think if there is some carryover, it would be defensively for Texas in how they try to defend Baker and this Oklahoma offense. Whoever they play a quarterback, and I think it's going to be Ellinger, but whoever they play a quarterback is a really different style quarterback than they had at Houston last year. And so I I think it's it's going to be kind of hard to look at the Houston offense and glean too much. I mean, they've got five games on tape this year, so you, you can see exactly what they want to do. But how they might plan to try to defend Baker in the Oklahoma offense, I think that it's worthwhile to go to school on that case and maybe take a few things from that. What's uh, 
what's been the temperature this week? For those that don't know, Toby does a Hot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Toby does a weekday morning show from six to nine AM. I'm on the same station uh uh as he is for two hours whenever he gets wrapped up. But yeah, it uh it seemed like Monday was a little bit of a challenging day, wouldn't you say? I think it's been a challenging week and it started uh Saturday morning. Yeah. And um you know, one thing that Lincoln did say was I asked him, what is the psyche of your football team now five days later after that loss? And he said, we are, you know, basically busting out to go play somebody. That we wanted to go play somebody on Sunday. We were so upset with what happened. So I think you, obviously, the fans feel the same way. And uh, coaches, fans, players, uh, radio crew, everybody is uh, hot about what happened and very, very eager to go play another football game and hopefully create a, a different taste in the mouth. Thankfully, this wasn't going into a bye week. <laughs> Can you? Yeah, no, that's sure. Yeah. Hey, what, in your opinion, has made Oklahoma so good after losses? I'm. Um, I haven't lost back-to-back games since Bob Stoops' first year in 99. And obviously, you know, there's been situations before that we've gone into where we thought it's a heck of an uphill climb, and uh, they've always seemed to work themselves through it. I have my opinion, but I'm curious to hear yours, Toby. What do you think it is that makes them so good after a loss? Well, I think there's two things. One, they've had a lot of really good football teams around here. So they didn't lose many games, period. And, you know, stacking them back-to-back is – uh, hard to do when you don't lose many at all. Uh, but I think most importantly, it was the demeanor of Bob Stoops. Yep. And we'll see whether or not Lincoln has the same. But, you know, you interviewed him after games. We would talk to him, uh, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays after losses. And he's the same guy. He's the exact same guy. And uh, I think that he had that mentality to where even after a loss, we're going back to work and I'm not going to, you know, berate you guys. We're going back to work. And I think that's steady, um, never wavering voice lends itself to being able to shake it off. Uh, let's go. We got to go back to work again. Let's, you know, shake that off. There's no, there is not time to wallow in this and make one loss become, Three, uh, so I don't know how much is due to that, but that certainly was my observation. It's funny we were just talking about a radio show, and then my our, our boss was calling me during that segment. Um, I'm with you. It's funny that you say that because I echo the same thing, which is why I I echo your same thoughts, which is why I find this weekend to be so interesting, Toby. Because to me, a lot of what made this team so successful coming off a loss was was Bob Stoops. And kind of that mindset that he has. So, to me, that makes this weekend so compelling because, I mean, Lincoln's been there as as an assistant coach and as a coordinator, but it's a much different world when you're the head coach. So, I, I, I'm real – I don't know if the word is excited, interested, curious, intrigued to see how he does handle that adversity as a head coach for the first time. Yeah, I'm with you, and all outward signs have been exactly the same to me. Um, I, I've seen the same Lincoln Riley this week that I saw last week before the loss. Right. So I think 
I think he's got the same traits. I think he's probably watched Bob very closely the last couple of years. Uh, that is something you could emulate. And not all coaches are like that, man. Some coaches are uh, kind of emotional roller coasters, and I think their teams ride those roller coasters with them. But, um, you know, we'll see. they gotta they got to fix some X's and O's. Yeah. They've got the mechanical things they've got to fix before they can go win games. It's not all about emotionally being ready to play, although I think that is a big deal for these guys on defense. I think there's a lot of, you know, giddy up and and, uh, and getting after it and kind of stepping up the energy level a little bit. But there's also some fundamental things that they've got to get right at if they're going to have a chance to go beat Texas and, and win games beyond that. All right, a uh, couple of other things. By the way, coming up here in just a second, Toby's going to take us across enemy lines, if you will. We're going to hear from Craig Way from an interview that Toby had this week. Um, I got Baker Mayfield and Oboe coming up on the podcast as well, but this might just be kind of a, a, a fun, almost cheesy thing before we wrap up, Toby. When you head down for OU Texas, outside of the game, what do you look forward to the most? Are there traditions? Are there things that you do before this game that are – Unique to you, but also special for you as well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything outside of the ordinary. I One of the beautiful things from our perch up high is just to kind of get to look over the colors, you know. I mean, to, to get to see that 50-yard line split and to look down upon it, and then you can see off at the distance the State Fair, and you can really take in the whole gamut of everything from up high where we're sitting. Mm-hmm. And I try, I try to do that every year. I mean, I, I just, it's, I think it's important in our business, Chris, and I'm sure you do too, to every once in a while look around and just appreciate uh, the special things that we get to be a part of. Yeah. That. Certainly not everybody in this profession get the opportunity to be a part of. And this game Saturday might be number one on my list of things I look forward to every year. I mean, you you walk into that state fair and you immediately feel the adrenaline rush. And it's an old building. There's nothing fancy about that place. But, man, there's something special about sitting in that radio booth and looking out over that crowd and that logo at midfield that's way too small for some reason. <laughs> and here, here comes Bevo, and it takes him an hour to get across the field. And, you know, the last several years anyway, the sun rises while we're sitting there. Uh, and then afterwards, if we win, Coach Merv goes and gets us all Fletcher's corny dog. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but um, – you know, I think that moment right before kickoff when it's full, the teams are on the field, that place is in full bloom colors-wise, and you just kind of look out over it and realize what a blessing it is. You get to do what you get to do. It's going to be weird for me because my tradition is always to walk the field before the sun comes up. So now with this uh, with this non-11 a.m. kick, I've got to either get there really super early, Toby, or I just moved past yeah. one of my traditions. All right, hey, uh, we got uh, Craig Way. You sat down with Craig Way this week. Coming up next, Toby, safe travels, rolling with Roland down to Dallas, and we'll be listening for you in the pregame show 1230 on Saturday. All right, we'll see you in Big D, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> Who's going to be your quarterback Saturday, Craig? 
Uh, Gerard Hurt. No, I. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a good question because you know one thing that Tom Herman wants to do is he wants to see how uh, Shane Bouchelle performs in practice. He still is certainly a believer in what Shane does, as well as what Sam Ellinger has shown so far. And, of course, he was kind of playing the, the cards close to the vest last week just to see if Shane could even go. And Shane could could scarcely get out of the walking boot uh, last week. So that made the decision automatic that it was going to be Ellinger. I think it's a little more up in the air this week, despite what Sam did, because uh, Shane is uh, much more healthy and is able to participate in practice this week. And uh, they're splitting reps. So this this could be one of those game time decision kind of things. I hear you, but, it, but it's hard to believe if you watch that Kansas State game that Ellinger's not the guy. What is it that Shane Bouchelle is better at that could make him the call here in your mind? Sounds like you've been sitting in the news conferences this week down here because those those are some of the questions <laughs> that that have been put. Tomer, that question and the question about the running backs, which which continues to be asked as well. Um, I would say this: having having seen them both in practice, having seen them both perform in games, uh, they do uh, each have. Uh, was it was it Liam Neeson says and taken? I have a, I, I have a unique set of skills, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Shane is. I don't think there's any question that Shane is a better passer and a little more accurate passer uh, uh, overall. he uh, He's, I think, very, very comfortable. His reads, I think, uh, have been a little quicker because, you know, he's had a whole season under his belt as a starting quarterback, albeit under a different offensive coordinator in a different system. Now, having said all of that, uh, Sam uh, certainly is more mobile of the two, is bigger and a bit stronger than the two, uh, does have a rifle for an arm, just sometimes it's not always on the mark, but he's learning as he goes, and he possesses that that uh, always talked about it factor, it quality, that kind of thing. Not to say Shane doesn't, but uh, I've, watched, I've watched Sam for the last three years, Toby, in high school at Westlake High here in the Austin area, and he was, he was a very special player. He was the National High School Player of the Year as a junior at Westlake High, and then, of course, was just all kinds of injured his senior year. He only appeared in five games. He had a broken thumb. He had meniscus. He had ankle. He had all kinds of things that, that slowed him down during the course of his senior year and took him out of a lot of his high school action. But he's, as we know, he's not afraid to stick his nose in there. He's not afraid to, to, to jump in there. He possesses supreme confidence. Just, and he, he does possess – uh, I'll say this: of all of all the jokes that have gone back and forth, and the smiles with between uh, Baker Mayfield and, and the other side, the whole Lake Travis versus Westlake thing. Which, by the way, Toby, this is also Lake Travis Westlake week down here. So Friday the thirteenth, hated arch rivals, number five and number seven in the state that that happened to produce the two starting quarterbacks. If indeed Sam Ellinger winds up being the starter on Saturday, so it's uh, it's kind of a double jeopardy week. Uh, of sorts, so he's he's got that kind of confidence and and uh, ability about him that I remember Baker having when he came out of Lake Travis High School. So it's it's funny in that respect. I want to move on to the defense, but you do a show down there. If you polled the fan base 
What percentage wants Ellinger? What percentage wants Bouchelle? Oh, probably ninety percent wants Sam. I, I, I'd say that. I mean, they they're they were they were asking the question even as Shane delivered a really gritty performance in that road win at Iowa State, and you know, you know remember, you know, it, uh, they got the ball back with seven and a half minutes to go in the game. Uh, up 10, but got the ball back, and Iowa State had been threatening to get the ball back, and, and Bouchelle leads them on a 13-play, seven-and-a-half-minute drive, all on the ground that took up every remaining second of the clock. They ran out the clock, just into the game with possession, never surrendered. And on that drive, uh, Shane had a, a, a 13-yard run on a third down and 11. And so he's, you know... He's he's had on even with all of that, you had fans the next week saying, "Oh, it's got to make a change. Got to it's got it's got to go. This offense has to get going." And that's the thing, Toby. No matter who's playing quarterback, they they have to get more out of the running game. And Tom Herman has said that all along. Uh, that that's a big big part of it. And there seemed to be more of it happening when Sam was running the ball or when he was running the team because he can run the ball. So. That's why folks are going A plus B equals C, and we may indeed see Sam Ellinger on Saturday. I'm not saying we won't. I'm not. I'm not cloak and daggering anything. All I'm saying is having you know going to practice, having been to practice, and hearing what the coaches say. They want to wait a little bit. They want to see today, as you know, Tuesday and Wednesday are the big meat and potatoes, hay in the barn days for practice, and they want to give it another look. I think, I, which is not to say that uh, Tom Herman's going to say at his availability tomorrow evening, his post-practice availability, that that uh, Sam would be the starter. I, I doubt he'll even say that going the course of this week. But to answer your question, uh, it is kind of what the fans are hoping to see. Defense obviously has uh, improved since that Maryland game. And rather than just kind of a broad arching why, I want to focus on the secondary because what Deshaun Elliott has done, what Holton Hill has done, you know, eight interceptions uh, altogether. Oklahoma's got two so far this year. So let's focus on the secondary here. Why have they been so good? Uh, it, I, I think it peels straight up what the defensive line is doing, Tubby. They're uh, uh, they're getting more pressure, more heat on the quarterback. Linebackers, like Malik Jefferson is having that kind of Malik Jefferson season that everybody – figured he would have throughout his career, and we saw a good chunk of it his freshman year, but not his sophomore campaign. Uh, the, all of that rolls back to the secondary. They're very quick to say that. They're saying, hey, look, they're getting heat on the quarterback, and if they're getting heat on the quarterback, it makes our job a little bit easier. It's funny, I had just – and the words were almost barely out of my mouth last Saturday night, uh, and it was in the fourth quarter, so it would be pretty late in the game when I said uh, to, the, to this point, Texas doesn't have an intercept. They've had an interception in every game, at least one, and boom, right after that, Deshaun Elliott comes up with one. So, you know, I, I think that's part of it. They're also playing uh, a lot more relaxed, a little more confidently. Uh, after that Maryland game, Botado Orlando, the defensive coordinator, and, and uh, Craig Diver, who handles the, the safeties, uh, Jason Washington handles the corners, they basically, they basically told their guys, relax. Nobody's expecting you guys to be world beaters anyway. Relax. Play play with some swagger. Play with some confidence. You know, just just cut loose and, and enjoy yourself and quit worrying about making a mistake on the field. And I think that's what they've done, and I think that's 
help them an awful lot. Now they want to, you know, learn more and get better, and they do make mistakes. There's, there's no doubt about it. And a guy uh, like Baker can make them pay for some of those mistakes. I mean, they, they made mistakes last week, got burned on some deep balls that, that Jesse Ertz threw. So the, the, the learning process is still going on, but they've improved by leaps and bounds since that season opening uh, performance against Maryland. Last question, Craig. We'll let you go. Fascinating uh, matchup of first-year head coaches. First time, I think, since 1947 that has happened in this rivalry. Tom Herman has been in this game before, obviously, in, in a different role. But do you get the sense that he's embracing the specialness of what OU Texas is all about? Do you get the sense that he that he gets it and, and he's embracing it? I do, and it, it's interesting, Toby, because he is such a uh, dialed-in, focused guy on the moment and the game at hand and not trying to make too much of any one game. Now, having said all that, little things have seeped out from him in his media availabilities where he talks about the unique quality of this game. Remember, he was a grad assistant under, under Matt Brown in 1999 and 2000, so we got a chance to experience it. He knows the special nature of it. I'll always remember, uh, Toby, around 2008, 2009, right in that area when Will Muschamp had come in and was the defensive coordinator, and Will had coached at the SEC and been part of the national championship program and all that sort of stuff, and Will comes in, and it was his first Texas OU game, and he kind of like, hey, look, I was at Florida, Georgia. I know how big that is. I know those interstate rivalries, and I know all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But next week, He's talking to, to, to me afterwards and uh, when I'm meeting with him, and he goes, yeah, that, that's a different game. That is, that is at a little bit different level, which I didn't, I didn't understand. Well, I think Tom Herman does understand that. He knows that. Uh, and, and the players talk about it that way. He just wants them to process it properly in their preparation for the game. And uh, I, I think he does have a great appreciation for it. And, and, and it is going to be interesting to see uh, two, uh, you know, coaches in their first year as head coach beating this thing, although both uh, have been in that game in one capacity or another and both understand the special, unique quality of what it is. Craig Way is a, is a great dude. And for those that don't know, he was not at the OU Texas game last year to spend time with his ailing wife who passed away. And he is one of the kindest, gentlest, nicest dudes on the planet. And uh, really glad we had a chance to have him on the Sooner Sports Podcast this week. Let's get back on our side of the football. Caught up with Baker Mayfield at the Monday press conference, as we typically do. What would you see from the tape? What would you learn from Saturday? Um, you know, it, disappointing loss first off. You know, we, we were much better than what we put on tape. Uh, just had a, a couple of things not go our way, and, and we, don't, we didn't react the way that we should have. So um, for us, it's just about execution on, on offense. You know, the second half, scoring seven points is, is not the standard around here. So uh, we're going to be better on that. And then, you know, looking, looking back at the tape overall, I think – we had a good game plan. It's just about executing and doing it the right way. Orlando Brown is here today. I think it's only the second time we've had a chance to talk to him this year. But he really seemed to take up a vocal leadership role. Can you kind of take us through what he's meant to you and seeing him get more vocal on Saturday, what that kind of meant for this team? We needed it. You know, you need a strong leadership group to have a great team overall. you got to have people on every position that are going to hold people accountable. So for him to do that, it says a lot. You know, he's, he's a guy that everybody looks up to. Um, he plays with that edge. He gets ready for Saturdays, and, and he's always going to give it his all. So for him to have a vocal leadership 
um, you know, it's essential for us and for those younger guys to look up to and have that same mindset. I know we're deep at playmakers, but when you lose a guy like C.D. Lamb, how, how does that affect you as a quarterback? Um, you know, it's tough. You never want to lose a guy that's, you know, making plays like he has. But at the same time, we've always had the next man up mentality. And so we had Jordan Smallwood that was able to come in and make a lot of plays. I think he played great. So for us, it's about, you know, whoever's in has to be that, that guy. They have to have that same mindset that even like Orlando talks about. You have to have that mindset that when you step on the field, you're that man. So uh, Smallwood came in and, and did just that. Final thought, what makes this team so good, not just during your time, but forever, it seems like, bouncing back after a loss and overcoming adversity? What's been the key to that? Um, it, it's, it's a lot of things. It's a, a good staff that, you know, they have confidence in the players and the players have confidence in what the coaches are doing. It's a matter of realizing that uh, one thing won't define you and it's about how you react from it. It's about how you're going to go to work and how you're going to handle the next one. And so... Um, it's a lot of things, but I think this team's in a good position to do just that again. And then obviously, when you go from the offensive side of the football, you got to get some perspective on the defensive side of the football. So we chatted with team captain Obo Okronkwell. First and foremost, you had a chance to look back at the tape. What did you kind of learn from watching this game back? Um, uh, a, lot of, a lot of things that, that, happen, that happened were like, you know, self-inflicted wounds, um, execution, just not playing hard enough, stuff like that. I was really disappointed with what I saw. I've seen you lead all season long. So is that now challenged more this week to even step up more as a leader for you? Definitely. Um, just because if, if you want if you want you know the whole defense to play better, it has to start with me. You know, so I know I know what I have to do this week to raise a level of play. When, when you, and obviously I don't, you're not going to get into specifics, but what do you see as one key thing you need to do to step up and and help this crew out? Um, just be, I guess more of a vocal leader, you know, be more of a vocal leader and, and execute better, you know, and make sure and help get everything executed better. Did you see the response from the guys? I mean, obviously dejection, but did you see that response that you would want to see from a team that you expect to bounce back? Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, everybody's anxious to get back to practice today. Uh, everybody's just trying to write what we, you know, just, just fix what we did this weekend. And then just one final thought and looking back, was there anything that kind of made – your prep challenging from the perspective of not having the quarterback that you had prepared for a couple of different packages out there. Was there anything that kind of caught you guys by surprise on Saturday? To be honest, no. We we were ready. We saw everything that they did in practice. We just did, we went out there and we just didn't. Um, we we were prepared. Uh, Coach Mike he he showed us everything that they were going to do. He gave us he put us in the right position. We just you know players got to play at the end of the day. For you, would you rather have a little bit of more time, or do you want to get back out there and play this week? And is this something where you want to get back on the field and fix it? I'm trying to get back on the field and fix it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I, I watched the film, and I, I really, I just, I, <laughs> I almost cut it off. You know, uh, I, I just want to get back out there and just and fix everything we do. There you go, OU Texas. Kick time is set for two thirty. That seems odd. Even that's pause every now and then. Two thirty. What? 2.30 kick will be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network with a 12.30 pregame. Hey, a little treat before we wrap up here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. With all of our eyes focused on the football game this weekend, I had a chance to get a little snapshot of the OU Hoops team as they've started practice. Cameron McGusty, Trey Young have been chosen as uh, honorable mention all-conference performers. So as we head out the door... OU head basketball coach Lon Kruger joins us to talk a little hoops. Coach, obviously getting things rolling. How are you feeling about some of these early practices for the guys? You seeing the the intensity and execution you want? 
We have. It's been uh, we've had five practices uh, starting last uh, Monday, and the guys done a really good job. Uh, you expect the enthusiasm, the energy to be there when you start official practice, and it uh, certainly has been. They've really competed uh, in a very mature way to, to make each other uh, better. And uh, if they keep doing that, then we'll feel good about it. You uh, you had brought up a point, or and maybe it was one of the players. I know it was you. It was on Spotlight last week, the cut that we had. How you're able to do some things, I don't want to use the term advanced, but maybe earlier than you typically do. Is that a product of having the opportunity to take this team, this relatively young team, on that overseas trip that allows you to maybe be a step ahead this early in practice? Very definitely. Uh, you're further along uh, just because of the 10 days that you had in uh, July of practice and preparation for the trip. And then you got the four games over there, of course, in New Zealand and Australia. So without question, you've um, got a different starting point than you would normally. So you're able to, to put more things in earlier and uh, advance more quickly. How do you feel like Trey Young's adjusting so far? Trey's adjusted very well. He's uh, a very skilled player. No, uh, no doubt about that. But as far as adjusting to the college, it's still a transition for everyone. But uh, he's played against a high level of competition and knows uh, knows what lies ahead. And I think with him, it's a focus on you know not just today, but also in preparation uh, for a month from now, two months from now, as he enters a very difficult uh, non-conference schedule and and of course Big Twelve play. You know, and obviously, whenever a guy like Trey, a hometown guy, very highly sought after, comes in, it can overshadow some of the other newcomers. But, Coach, and everything that we saw from Brady Manick and the overseas trip, and some of the things we're hearing about guys like Ty Lazenby, uh, it seems like this is a group of newcomers, in addition to Trey Young, that could have a pretty immediate impact on this team. That's a very good point. And uh, the other three guys, like you mentioned, uh, you know, Brady and, and Ty and then Hannes Pola, the big guy from Finland, all did very well on the uh, on the foreign trip and have done a very good job in the first week of practice and expect all to play a significant role right from the start. The two guys then that are like vets that we're not talking about enough, and maybe I'll add a third in Jemani McNeese, but I want to focus on Kadeem Latin. I, I think Kadeem would even tell you he didn't necessarily have the season he wanted last year, but Coach, where have you seen his biggest improvement from the end of last year to where Kadeem is today? Kadeem's uh, main focus uh, when, it, when it was on defense, when it was on uh, changing shots, was on running the floor. He he also did a good job offensively. When he when he got his priorities of uh, what he's most effective at out of line a little bit, and that's where he didn't have the results. But he does a very good job of understanding, you know, his uh, his strengths, and again letting the offense come as as a will and a will if he's playing with a high level of confidence uh, on the other end. Uh, and then, obviously, I mentioned Jamani McNeese. And speaking of a guy who can change shots, can be a difference maker inside. What what needs to happen for Jamani to make that next step? Jamani's done a really good job of uh, continuing to make progress, uh, uh, just expecting it perhaps more of himself, and, and having the confidence to to do it night in, night out, uh, game to game, and not uh, not just occasionally. And uh, and that's where he's mature and, and done a much better job again, on the foreign trip and uh, here early practice. Uh, and then let me throw Christian James in there as well, Coach, because this is a guy that, you know, you see these flashes from him and you can see him knock down shots. Uh, he's a great athlete. But you think he's ready to take the next step in his game this year? Really do. He's, uh, he was, uh, you know, in position to do that a year ago and maybe uh, wasn't quite ready to uh, fully uh, embrace that uh, and all the responsibilities that go with it. Uh, 
he's had a terrific uh, uh, foreign travel uh, uh, trip, and uh, then also the early season practices done a really good job, consistently done a good job. So it's not just uh, flashes of shooting the ball well. He shot it well from start to finish, and uh, expect that to con- continue. What's the balance like? And we're hanging out with Lon Kruger. When obviously we're we're starting an incredible journey here because uh, practices what, five in the books already. This season is hopefully going to go until uh, into April. But what's that balance like? And seeing that intensity and that 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 push and that improvement you want to see early on, coach. But also being wary of the long season ahead. How do you how do you make sure guys take care of their bodies? They've uh, you know, got a little understanding of what lies ahead, so that experience is valuable in that sense. Uh, Bryce Dobb, our strength and conditioning guy, does a fantastic job. Uh, you know, we, we, you know, you, you've got those days off mixed in there where they uh, do a good job with treatment with Alex Brown and uh, our training staff, and the guys understand the value of recovery and uh, and staying fresh. So you're right; it's, it's a blend of, of working extremely hard when you have the opportunity, but also getting recovered and, uh, and uh, getting refreshed when, uh, when that's uh, what's called for. So guys uh, understand that it's about, you know, getting better day to day, but also keeping the, the long range uh, in mind when you can uh, consider taking care of your body. Well, and when you got body by Bryce there to take care of things as well, <laughs> that helps quite a bit. Hey, Lana, I'll let you go on this. Uh, it was a little bit, I don't want to say different last year, but maybe that's fair whenever you had to replace two assistants. But now with Kevin being there and, and Coach Hartman back for another year, does that kind of to help in them understanding more what you want from them and then obviously vice versa on that? I mean, it, I, again, I with with Coach Henson moving on and obviously seeing the success that he's going to have, I, that, that's got to be tough. But does it make things a little bit more fluid when you have that consistency? Well, continuity is always good. You know, no question about that. You know, last year, um, I think it was a case of uh, obviously with the, uh, you know, the older guys didn't have a lot of older guys had one senior, one junior, and then we got uh, Jordan Woodard down much of the year with injury. Uh, uh, you know, just it, we just weren't ready to overcome that. And uh, we paid the price for it. Uh, on the flip side of that, the young guys got a lot of uh, minutes in Big 12 play. So hopefully we can, can uh, transition that into uh, additional experience going into this season and, and benefit from that. Man, Coach Kruger, uh, Monday night is going to be fun. 6 to 8 p.m. They're going to do their intro video shoot on Campus Corner. Come on out and be a part of it. Should be a blast. I want to thank Toby. I want to thank Craig Way, Baker, Oboe, and Lon Kruger. And thank you for listening. And as always, subscribing, downloading, and sharing the Sooner Sports Podcast. Enjoy OU Texas, and until Tuesday's Game Plan Edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, have a great weekend, and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the Air.